Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, the only podcast in the world that I've heard of where you can get the input, the down low, the skinny on that 1990s infamous show, Boy Meets World, straight from two dads who not only grew up with it, but now share it with their families. I am one of your two dads. I am Brett, and with me is dad number two. I'm Tyler, dad number two. That's right. So Tyler, tonight's all about risks. Are you feeling risky this week? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how are you this week, Tyler? How's it been for you? Um, I'm good. I'm just tired. Um... I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, Inside Baseball, this is uh, Thanksgiving. We're recording uh, the Monday after Thanksgiving. And so I had two days of waking up early to go hunting. And then just I feel like ever since yesterday morning, all I've been doing is running. Uh, My wife was on call, so that wasn't helpful. And while she's on call, she gets calls a lot and has to deal with problems. So, yeah, so we're just we're all exhausted. (laughs) And so we're all just (laughs) like, (sighs) so who knows what this episode is going to be? I'm either going to come out super grumpy or get super energetic at some point. I do got my Dr. Pepper, so hopefully not sponsored yet. (laughs) Hashtag Dr. Pepper, not sponsored yet. That's right. Hopefully it'll it'll kick some energy into me. How are you, Britt? I'm doing all right. I'm I'm crossing my fingers and hoping for silly, although grumpy does have its its merits as well. Yeah, Uh, I'm doing all right. (laughs) I will say, after the last couple of episodes, I've been like straight up mad during recording. (laughs) I kind of miss happy dad Tyler. (laughs) Well, maybe not this episode, but but I think the next episode, whenever we get to that one, uh, I'll be happier. <laughs> yeah. So did you did you bag anything while you're out hunting this year? Um, no, not did yet. Did you shoot Bambi? No. Did you shoot Bambi? I did not. Feline? Uh, I did Thumper? have a small buck that kind of stared me down across from the pond that I hunt at. So that was a thing. Uh, but in Pennsylvania, you have to have at least three horns on one side. And all I could see was two. So I was not allowed to shoot it. And I don't have a doe tag. And I've seen nothing but doe just running all around me. So <laughs> that's how it goes. If I had the doe tag, I wouldn't see any of them. Of course. That's always how it happens. Yeah. Well, I've been all right. Like we said, uh, like you said already, it's weekend after Thanksgiving. We had a nice little quiet-ish Thanksgiving. We had hosted here at the house. Uh, My parents are down the street and we've got uh, most of my family actually lives within driving distance almost walking distance of here. Did you just put like a big table in your living room? Uh, Actually, yes, we did. That's what (laughs) we used to do too. The kids... We had like a little breakfast nook type table and bench set in the kitchen and all the kids that were under like 15 sat in there and then the rest of us sat in the living room. They set up a table in there and there wasn't quite enough room at the table. So I sat on the couch and put the Lions game up and watched them almost beat the Bills. Did, and, did, yeah. did Abby make it to the adult table? Actually, she did. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Big... <laughs> Way to go. So anyway, this week uh, I mentioned it's all about being risky. This week we're going to take a look at episode 16 of the first season, Risky Business. Now this episode 
Mr. Feeney has the class make up a mock business while Corey and Sean face off with Minkus and Topanga to bet on who can make the most money with real money. Amy lets Corey babysit Morgan for Valentine's Day so she can go out with Alan. This episode was written by Ken Kuta, directed by David Trainer. Originally aired on February 11th, 1994, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.6. So, Tyler, before we get very deep, did you ever have to babysit your little sister for your parents to be able to have a date night? I babysat my sister almost every single day slash week I needed to. <laughs> In fact, uh, I once put together a group of people to go watch The Dark Knight, uh, very close to opening weekend, and I was then informed, uh, hey, you can't go because we are going to work and you have to watch your sister. Oh. So that sucks. Yeah, that's a thing. Like Corey, uh, I would oftentimes get stuck with my sister. I love her dearly, but my brother had a life and I did not. So, mm -hmm. well, let's find out what Corey's life is like oh, this week when it me. comes to. You have siblings. Did you ever get stuck babysitting them, too? Well, of course. But, you know, I grew up in the middle of nowhere and I'm the second of five. So I was never the first choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the first boy. So... <laughs> Yeah, but boys don't mature as fast as girls. I had an older sister. Oh, my goodness. I'm, it's, I get it. It's, I'm over it. <laughs> Send the episode. Clearly, I was, I was not my parents' first choice to keep my siblings alive. It, it, really deep inside baseball, I have four siblings. One older, three younger. And at one point or another dinner growing up i sent three of the four of them to the hospital so i was not my parents first choice yes my older sister we ran head to head on bikes and i did not have i had a broken reflector on the front of my bike partly because I'd intentionally ran it into a tree repeatedly the day before because I didn't want on my bike anymore. She kept saying, I'll go right. So I figured I'll go left. <laughs> and <laughs> We crashed and she split her knee open deep enough on my reflector. She needed stitches. Uh, my younger sister, I started pulling the, rag the wagon before she was completely in it and she knocked her two front teeth out. She also broke her tailbone trying to help me start the lawnmower one time. Because she fell over backwards onto a cinder block because we weren't very uh, observant. But I think the most fun one is my younger brother. There was a cat in our car, our van, and it wasn't supposed to be. I did not know he was behind me, my brother. And so I picked the cat up and chucked it out the van behind me, not knowing my younger brother was there. And it um, it scratched right below his eye. Oh, my gosh. And he had to go get checked out. Um, still has a scar there to this day. So, yeah, I've sent three of my four. Something my youngest brother sent himself to the hospital often enough on his own. Uh, I was not the first choice for my parents to watch the other kids and keep them alive. So 
Uh, for the record, have um, much of this man uh, on multiple occasions was uh, entrusted with many a teenagers uh, and responsible for them. I, will I was say uh, in my time with him, no teenager ever officially sent to the hospital because of him. Although there were injuries around us because it happens. Ah, but see, the benefit is I learned from my mistakes. Mm. <laughs> you took all the risks early on in life. I see. Exactly. So I knew what not to do later. <laughs> Should we officially get into the episode? I feel like we <laughs> talked about I think we really need to. <laughs> so we're in the classroom. All right. So we start off in the classroom. Uh, Minkus and Topanga are presenting their reports. They've been assigned to create a business. And their progress report, they're showing high earnings. Mr. Feeney, I got to bring up my soundboard here. Mr. Feeney is asking them how they did... We kicked Wall Street butt. Yes, they have quite the high. Uh, uh, and, you know, they've got a nice chart behind them, which if you pay attention, you'll see the smiley face that uh, Topanga draws changes a few times if you really pay attention. So, you know, little magic smiley face. And uh, Topanga, uh, they, when they talk about the investments these co- this company they have has made, I really wonder if Mr. Feeney allowed them to make their own groups or if he assigned these groups. I think he allowed them initially. I don't think he should have allowed Minkus and Topanga to form their own super group. No. But Topanga has some really interesting qualifications for investments, mm-hmm. even going down to the level of basing their picks on bad karma. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it's uh, discriminate, no discrimination of uh, race, sex, or bad karma. And I don't disagree with the first couple, but bad karma, the, I, I don't really know how you would apply that to trading stocks in some mathematical way, but... You gotta love her. You gotta lock her up. But again, though, let's just let's just be honest for a moment. Just a real, real quick moment. Just real world mm-hmm. cap. Is there really such a thing as a bunch of companies making millions and billions of dollars that doesn't have some form of a racism, a sexism, or even a bad karma problem? Oh, there is no company on the stock exchange that does not violate any of the tenets that Topanga would have put forth. And granted, as a sixth grader in 1993, there's no way that she would have had access to know the deep details that they would have hidden. Right. But still. Well, I'm not saying that Topanga would phone in this one, but if they're actually picking actual companies to do quote unquote investments in, it feels like one of those things that Minkus is the one that actually picked them. And she just said, do they have this a racism problem? Do they have a sexism problem? Do they have bad karma? And he was able to say no. Or maybe there's one she goes, no, that one doesn't seem like it has good karma. So who's to say? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how she picks her. I don't know. Maybe She's it was the, the mathematician who initially solved this problem. She channeled that dude. Yeah. <laughs> So then Mr. Feeney decides to look for his next company, and uh, I clipped uh, I clipped this one for us, so let's hear what he has to say. Uh, which company's next? Mr. Feeney, this project wasn't due for another week. This is just a progress report, Mr. Matthews. Those companies who've made progress should have no problem. We have a problem. <laughs> 
investment plan is proceeding. <laughs> we are pleased to report we have absolutely no losses. And we haven't fired anybody and nobody quits. <laughs> That's a pretty low bar to set, yep. but it's they're not wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I think it's really funny because, you know, they've we've got a problem. They, you know, they clearly they have not started this assignment yet. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> of course, Mr. Feeney and um, Minkus see through this from the beginning. They haven't even started yet. <laughs> I mean, I will say if their assignment, if they were trying to play at this angle of, well, we are holding on to the money because we don't trust the stock exchange. Because if we you see on the graph, there's a lot of different groups that have a bunch of, you know, up and down, up and down. And if they were to make the argument of we've decided we're just we want to stay firm and stay steady. It would be a very valid argument to make. However, <laughs> they are not those they have. A, they're not that on the ball. No. <laughs> But uh, they haven't started yet. Mr. Feeney demands some effort. You know, he's got that little finger, that come hither finger. Mm-hmm. Demands some effort from them since this project is due in a week. And um, again, I've got to ask that question. What class are we in? What class is Mr. Feeney teaching at this point? I just think it's just whatever they feel like throwing at Mr. Feeney. Because <laughs> technically he's a sixth grade teacher. And he has them all day, so <laughs> economics, <laughs> fun way of it doing math. It makes the most sense. Life sciences. It <laughs> makes the most sense to me. Anyway, then we get to the bell ringing and out in the hall. <laughs> oh, oh, before that, we get a <laughs> we get the reassurement, a reassurement, the reassurance from Sean that uh, that Mr. Feeney is going to be uh, is going to get their uh, their best effort. Effort is my middle name. Because it starts with F. Effort is Corey's middle name. And Sean adds, because it starts with F. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. That look on Mr. Feeney's face just seems to be one that says... Uh, you guys just couldn't sound dumber, and yet at the same time, based on your track record, that's so true. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. So out in the hall, uh, Minkus, once again, he's got a lot of confidence that he's going to be uh, married to Topanga someday. and uh... Because I am a provider, babe. Once again, working that Minkus magic. Yeah, but again... There's just nothing as sexy as confident nerd, right? Yeah. Well, what's the thing is he's overconfident. (laughs) And you also get the feeling like Topanga, what he's saying is like going to be the case she just doesn't care about. Like mm. Topanga for me, in all walks of life of, of of the character, what she cares about the most is just happiness and being mm-hmm. around the people that makes her the most happy. And she does not care about money. You know, even yeah. as you get into Girl Meets World, 
she herself does not care about all of the monies and being at the topest law firm possible. What she cares about is the people she represents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, throughout the rest of the life of the character. I can very rarely see points where she's money seems to be a driving Mm -hmm. uh, force for her. Yeah, unless I need like a joke for an episode. So. Yeah. And Minkus decides to get, uh, shall we say, too big for his britches. He, he throws down a, so a challenge. Get, <laughs> he does. He throws the gauntlet, and he thinks he's got it all there. And so let's let's hear Minkus lay out the parameters of not just his bet, but our entire episode here. Minkus, anyone can draw lines on a chart and say they're making money. You know, you guys are big talk because you're bigger than me. But when it comes to using your brains, how confident are you? More confidenter than you. Let me handle the negotiations, Mongo. What do you got in mind? I say we forget Feeny's imaginary money, and we invest real money and see who comes out on top. I don't have a real thousand dollars. You get an allowance, don't you? That five bucks is sacred. That's my snack money. Afraid? No. Yes. Take a ten. Are you not Fifteen. Apparently I'm invisible. Twenty. Twenty-five. Topanga, make them stop talking. As an equal partner in our corporation, I'd like to have a voice in this. Fine, let me set it up for you. It's me against them in a battle of wits. $300,000. Ten bucks it is. There's a sucker born every minute. To that minute. <laughs> oh, it's worth it just to see Corey completely invisible in that moment. Mm-hmm. He's uh, reliving his regular life at home, just now in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's a recurring theme for him in the first season. He's just on that on the outside looking in and, you know, he's always wishing for something exciting to happen. And here it is right in front of him. Yeah. So real quick, because um, I, I, we'll get into our thoughts on this whole challenge that they have for one another. But I was thinking about it. The assignment is for a thousand dollars that they have to invest as a sixth grader. What would you have invested $6,000 into? <laughs> oh, when I was in sixth grade, uh, it probably would have been some sort of sports equipment company or uh, DC Comics. That's fair. What about you? Oh, I totally would have invested in Yu-Gi-Oh cards themselves, because those are going to make money someday, <laughs> similar to all so- forms of cards. And we'll talk more about cards and, you know, how much money they are worth. Um, but I'm <laughs> sure I would have invested in, like, the different toy companies, which technically is not a bad idea, as long as you're hitting the right one. And mm-hmm. whatever toy becomes super big, and especially around the holiday Indeed. time. Indeed, and if you manage to bet on the right one, the right pony, there you go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not, Speaking of ponies, not too bad foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this so they're going to invest. They have, <laughs> just, just real quick, Minkus can't take ten dollars and make more money out of it just by investing in quote unquote stocks. Like he's mm-hmm. got to find a different way to do it. And so with the parameters of the bet, Corey and Sean have a much likelier chance of making that back. Mm-hmm. Cuz they don't have to use stocks, they can just use for lack of better wording, street smarts. Exactly. So this bet is as 
nervous as Corey is, this bet really is loaded in their favor. Yeah, it is. The plan is in motion. They'll invest their allowances. Whoever makes the most wins it all. Um, so Sean decides to ask Uncle Frank for help betting their allowances on a horse race. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time you spend betting the ponies. Not much. I, I have never, uh, I, I've never laid down a bet on any race track or anything. My extent of knowledge with uh, race gambling is entirely gathered from popular media. So when they start rambling off things like $10 on a five to one shot, $50 winnings, I just have to go with what they have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I will just say, like, I went one time to um, to horse racing and mostly it's because we had family that was going to be there. And so I was like, ah, sure, I'll join you guys. And while we were there, we had a few bucks. So we put a couple of bets down here and there. But, you know, there is different types of betting within that. You can bet for, like, just kicking three different people and however they place, as long as you had them, all three of them, you would win so much of a percentage. If you pick uh, first place, second place, third place, as long as they, you know, come in those positions, that's, like, the best bet you can do. Well, you could always just bet for a winner, which is what these guys did, which just... Only mm-hmm. on the winner. And with each of the races, there's a different value on them. So the only thing that drove me crazy is that, like, there was one race that they bet on. And I'm not <laughs> saying that that wasn't a good idea, but at a normal racetrack, there's, like, I don't know, eight, nine, probably ten races going on um, with multiple different horses going yeah. through multiple different times. <laughs> so. Yeah. And. I'll let it I'll let it slide a little bit because, you know, as Sean lays it out, these are who would buy tickets to this movie? Sean's uncle is going to help them lay ten dollars on a five to one shot. That's going to get them fifty dollars in winnings. I mean, uh, this this is I I, are you really going to split up ten dollars between six different races? I mean. Are you no. really going to make, is it really worth it to do that? I'd just throw it all down on one if I was Sean's uncle. Yeah. Well, and if they lose it, you tell them, oh, well, whatever, you know, you'll win some, you'll lose some, boys. But, I mean, the more you bet on it, the more likelihood you get more of a reward. If you do the, the mm-hmm. smallest bet amount available, you know, your reward's not going to be that much. S- similar to, for lack of better, for not want to talk too much about gambling, but we're talking about it. Like, if you're playing a slot, and it's a penny slot. Even if you're a winner, you know, you're only winning like, I don't know, <laughs> three, five bucks, unless you're really like the most I've ever won on a slot is like 25 bucks. So you don't really win a whole lot on those. Nah. But Corey's got a very legitimate question for Sean. If your uncle knows how to make money this easy, why does he live in a trailer? <laughs> it's because he takes risks. <laughs> and so we exit, we exit with Corey and Sean to Tyler's favorite theme song in the world. Yes. And we come back. <laughs> and Corey is very, very, very nervous. I got... Gastritis. <laughs> hey, Brett, we learned something in this scene. 
Oh, yes, it's we Valentine's do. It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> it is. And this episode, you know, we mentioned earlier, it aired like three days before Valentine's Day. This is officially a holiday episode. Yeah. But <laughs> for the love of goodness, like the episode about uh, Once in Love with Amy, would I feel like that <laughs> was a better uh, Valentine's Day episode. Like, it, totally it makes more agree. sense for Corey to be oblivious to the fact that it's Valentine's Day than for this episode, where it's like, oh, hey, it's Valentine's Day, don't forget, and the guys mm-hmm. are like, ah, who cares? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that they're sixth graders and they don't care, but yeah, the the whole story, Once in Love with Amy, would have been a better Valentine's episode. <laughs> exactly. But that is a more classic, in my opinion, more classic episode of Boy Meets World, which is why it was a special episode for us. But it does tackle mm-hmm. the understanding of what it means for the two of them to be in love, being married, and still wanting each other. Yep, completely. And this episode is just like a, oh, hey, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Yeah, by the way, you know, it's it's February. We have to. And how much snow is there outside in Valentine's Day? I don't want to talk about it right now, okay? I don't. This is the other thing that makes me grumpy right now is this time of season. There's no snow on the ground. I don't believe you. There's no snow on the ground. I don't believe you. I'm just trying to t- poke the bear and see which. which uh, I know. Which dad I mean, Tyler I get. <laughs> in, in two seasons, I will say there is a Valentine's Day episode where Sean tries to do something romantic, but he learns, oh, it's February in uh, <laughs> Philadelphia and it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So at least somewhere somebody realizes, oh, Philadelphia is not like California. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so. Just had to poke the bear. <laughs> I did. It's fun. It's it's good for ratings. <laughs> uh, so Corey is nervously listening. Sean's got the radio on. And while they're while listening, Sean finds a note. And uh, yes. yeah, let's listen Too in boom, a, boom. a little bit. Hey, who sent you a Valentine? <laughs> Dear Boom Boom. That's what my dad calls my mom when he thinks no one's listening. Boom Boom. Yeah, it makes me sick, too. Roses are red, violets are blue. Valentine's Monday, let's rendezvous. They're always leaving goofy notes for each other. Secret meetings, romantic weekends. When you're a parent, that's all you have left. Yeah, my folks are romantic like that. Last year on Valentine's Day, my dad rotated my mom's tires. Now, there's a romantic gift from Sean's mom to Sean's... Or Sean's dad to Sean's... From Sean's mom to Sean's mom. From Sean's dad to Sean's mom, rotating the tires. So hey, you're saving money. Yeah. Uh, yep. But yeah, we we learn that uh, you know Sean's parents are still together. That there's some Hold romance. On. Nick Nick Cuck. Uh, what if that's a euthanism? Ro- rotating. Hashtag rotating the tires. I mean, if if it's asked, because oh yeah, we just we rotated the tires. <laughs> Chet Hunter, man. He's a weird guy. You never know. Chet is a renaissance man, so... Okay, we're bumping right right up against Dad's (laughs) B-World after dark there. (laughs) 
Uh, well, Chet Hunter, I could see it now. Like, hey, I rotate her tires, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do know what you mean. <laughs> Right, so this does this does actually call back to Once in Love with Amy because it's it's Alan and Amy being romantic and uh, yes. perhaps boom boom yes boom boom and we'll find boom. out the other name later yes mm-hmm. yes Pooh Bear um, but uh, perhaps it's them playing more uh, but this is something that goes on uh, uh, Corey relieves. So Tyler, do uh, you and Sarah have any nicknames for each other that uh, oh, I was going to ask you that same question? Your children are going to gag at. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we just we call each other mostly like honey and um, love bug and all that stuff. Like normally, like whatever we call like each other, we also will refer to our son in those same as well. Like there's not like, for lack of a better word, like a sexier thing that we have for one another. Um, so there's, there's nothing like really weird or anything like that. I don't know. We may start. <laughs> may all start referring to us. Boom, boom. See what happens. <laughs> I don't know. Boom, she boom. may not listen to this episode. So who's to say if she knows? Who knows? You should just start calling her boom, boom. Maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll try it out. See, <laughs> try see it out. And let us know next week how it goes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we don't really do nicknames so much. In fact, Kelly's uh, most frequent nickname for me is Jerkface. Mm. But mm. it's an affection. I see that. Yep. It's an it's an affectionate nickname. It really is. Hold on. I think my mind is blowing right now because I've referred to people for a long time as jerk face. And I'm now wondering if your wife is the one that implanted that into my vocabulary. Very likely. You, because I refer. I, uh, I guarantee you, you heard her call me that many times. Sometimes, sometimes I, out of love, sometimes out of frustration. Yeah. No, <laughs> just, for whatever reason, I was just thinking like. I know I've used that a lot over the years, and now I'm wondering if I forgot where I first heard it from, which could have been your wife. So, I'm glad. Worlds colliding, learning new things mm-hmm. here on Dad's Meat World. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like more than likely than anything else, like we just mostly make statements about one another in a teasing fashion. Like I will just tell her that she's a monster and then she'll just smile at me because she <laughs> thinks she's being cute, which she is. Well, I'll say like, oh, you just think you're adorable, don't you? And she goes, yeah. <laughs> no, right so, now, right now with where our kids are at, it's actually more fun to kiss in their presence because then it just grosses them out. In fact, tonight, uh, about 10 minutes before we started recording, Kelly got home. She was out for the evening. She got home and I uh, was in the kitchen with Abby and uh, uh, Kelly and I greeted each other and we, we gave each other a kiss and I was like, oh, you guys are going to kiss now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really fun. If we ever want them to stop talking or to go away, that's all we got to do. So, you know, boom, boom, mm-hmm. poo bear, you know, little kiss, there you go. Well, I mean, I think regardless of what we do currently because our son's so young like he just doesn't think about it it won't be until he's closer to a teenager then we'll finally start hearing like ah stop Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we're still in a good period oh yeah you got years 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, Brett, um, we discover something. Yes, they won. They do. Their horse named Tuna Melt. I've... <laughs> Trust me, good-looking people. The names for horses will only get weirder from here. Tuna Melt wins, turning their ten dollars into ninety-nine, which is up from the 50 that they were expecting so mm-hmm. apparently it's more I than mean, a five to one shot <laughs> i i will say in a practical aspect if there is a change or switcheroo in the the race itself and the odds changed very well could be that that could be what the payout is mm-hmm. being what they gave Either way. I'm just going by the numbers they said earlier. (laughs) Yeah, But also, who's to say that they did not adjust, like the uncle didn't adjust the bet Mm -hmm. so that it was a more risky bet. And the guys didn't fully realize that. It's not his money. He's playing with some house's money there. Right. Exactly. So who's to say what the uncle did? Mm -hmm. All he told him is pay attention to this and this, and that's how much you win. Just, just watch, just watch tuna melt. And if tuna melt wins, add this number and this number together. (laughs) Yep. So Corey's ecstatic. He opts not to tell his parents, presumably because it's illegal for minors to gamble. What? (laughs) Yes. That's right, kids. It's illegal for you to gamble. And actually, in many states, it still is illegal to gamble in many places anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I'm getting lots yeah. of ads here in Ohio. The sports betting is coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sports betting is a big thing. Pete Rose is, uh, needs to be relieved of his uh, sentence at this point. <laughs> all right, all right. Is that your transition into a deep dive? No, I. This is a weird, weird soapbox for me. Soapbox for me to get into, but there's just this part of me that's over the whole like, how dare people bet on sports while they're playing the sport? Like the Black Sox and Pete Rose. Like I, at this point, forgive those guys because like, I think the Black Sox guys were really getting. Uh, for lack of a better word, screwed over by the owner and should have been taken care of better, and they weren't, which is mm-hmm. a theme throughout all of sports. Um, but then also, <laughs> it'll be funny <laughs> if you actually edited out the me saying that word and just bleep it and make it sound like something else. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, come on, man. There's kids listening. <laughs> so, but Pete Rose, like, I've listened to him talk about baseball and like hitting and like his understanding of it. And the man is a master at hitting. Like he truly just understood hitting like no one else ever does. And like, like he, I I watched this clip of he and A-Rod talking about hitting and A-Rod was seriously like, he's all done. He's he's retired, graduated. He's retired. And he was still like, wow, I am learning things right now that I wish I knew back when I was younger. And so I feel like sometimes people with this knowledge that get put into a hole and be like, no, you're evil. Like Barry Bonds, another person, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Like, yes, there's controversy with these people, but they still had to have a better technique than other people to do the things that they did. And that's never talked about. Mm-hmm. 
that's the end of my soapbox because it's been a while since we talked about baseball, really. <laughs> it is. Yes, yes, it has been. Yes. Um, but I, so. I will say they do mention the Flyers, which is the first time that's really happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. One other Philly I, I, sports team that we finally get to yeah. hear about. I don't have a deep dive on them. Just know, people, that the Flyers is the Philadelphia team. This is really the only year yeah. that they gets play mentioned. <laughs> yeah, they play hockey. Uh, as a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, I will not Pirates fan. I'm sorry, Penguins, 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 Penguins. <laughs> as a Penguins fan, I have to say uh, the only team I've really gotten into that I don't like of. Uh, hockey, it would be the Flyers. So other than them, I'm fine with just about everybody else. All right. Yeah. So, so Flyers are are icky. <laughs> <laughs> icky. <laughs> so uh, Corey and Sean are, are hiding the information. I wondered myself if they talked about this beforehand or if Sean's just quick to play along with Corey. Kind I of think fun Sean's watching. Quick to play along. I think so Ooh. too. Before I forget to mention, this is the first time they do their famous dance. It is, yes. I've got a note here that the dance appears. They get uh, after they hustle everyone out of the room. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, Sean has to remind Corey how to breathe. Amy finds Alan's note and decides to have Corey babysit Morgan on Monday night. Corey. $2 an hour. (laughs) Yes, $2. Corey wants her to keep the $2 and buy herself a nice dress. And Mm -hmm. Sean is, uh, after he's, you know, reminded Corey to breathe and talked him through (laughs) how to, you know, keep, keep the secret. He almost spilled the beans to Boom Boom. The dance has appeared. We get to see the infamous dance of Corey and Sean. And Eric walks in the kitchen complaining about his love life. Let's hear about Eric. Would this bother you? All right. Your name is Brianna Henshaw. You're the best looking girl in school. So one day you see me accidentally stumble into your best friend, Debbie, and inadvertently French kiss her. (laughs) Now you won't go out with me. Why won't you go out with me? I'm a little bit country. You're a little bit rock and roll. Hey, Eric, you like this girl? Well, then you got to take a big risk. I know about this. Oh, you do? Well, I'm always eager to get romantic advice from a fetus. (laughs) Romantic advice from a fetus. (laughs) Oh, so... uh, inadvertently French kiss someone. <laughs> I mean, he sucked a neck, you know. He sucked a neck. Accidents happen. The French, he likes the French because the tongue is never silent. Now he's inadvertently French kissing. Eric is really going, I want to say downhill fast, but that just doesn't seem on the mm-hmm. right plane here. <laughs> well, and there's also that part of like, I don't know. Maybe it's just there's too many nerdy people writing this show, but of like what high school is really like of just teenagers constantly just <laughs> making out with a bunch of other different people. Maybe people did do that. I don't know. But for the love of goodness. Not like, in my high school. <laughs> right. Not in my high school either. Like it would be controversial if someone was making out with somebody like and be like two friends and like, yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't either. Uh, Yeah. But 
the sophomore is asking is asking but not asking for romantic advice from fetuses. Right. It's either he's just complaining to complain, but then he yeah says, "Why would I want advice from you? Like you asked for advice. You said, <laughs> why won't you go out with me?'" Yeah, uh, I don't know. You you provided the answer for me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then so Corey decides he's going to give some advice. Eric wants to be bold and take a risk because Corey is risk boy. I swear the producers are trying to get Corey his own thing for the first season of I'm risk boy. I'm this boy. I'm that boy. It definitely didn't stick Mm -hmm. after season one. But uh, no. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll check in with Eric later to see if the advice stuck. Uh, so we go back to school. Corey and Sean are presenting their report by relating their horse bet. And when Minkus tries to get them in trouble for being minors and gambling, Corey and Sean are very quick to point out it's all hypothetical. I love how Corey calls Minkus little nerdling right in front of the class. <laughs> well, I, mean, I will say, if technically they decided for their business to be betting on horses... All they had to do was do the math to find out what they won. Mm-hmm. In fact, and Mr. Feeney, oddly enough, backs them up that even though he doesn't condone gambling, he thinks it proves the point that the higher the risk, the potential, the reward. And I think it's an odd way to relate the stock market. But apparently this in his world, in his mind, this is a way for some of his students to find a more relatable way to look at the world of stocks and trading and risk reward investing. Mm -hmm. So and honestly, when we look at the stock market, isn't it all horse racing anyway? (laughs) It really is. And that's why it drives me crazy. I just I don't understand. Um, GameStop. That's all I got to (laughs) say. GameStop and Dogecoin. I have a note here Uh in my notes. Is playing the ponies or gambling in any formal manner truly investing or a viable option in whatever class Feeney is teaching this week? (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. He does whatever he feels like. Uh, (laughs) It just goes back to uh, Corey Matthews when he's a teacher. Mr. Turner. Mr. Matthews, what are, you t- what are you teaching about this week? I don't know. I'm probably making something up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Topanga is impressed by this brash boldness. And Minkus has gone from kicking Wall Street butt to it's me against them in a battle of which I'm a provider baby to I can't get them in trouble to gold digger. Minkus has just run through the ringer in this one. <laughs> Uh-huh. I will say, I don't know if it's the catharsis in me, but it's really making me happy that Minkus <laughs> had this arrogance and isn't actually understanding that he is in a world right now that he cannot win. Mm-hmm. There is there is poetic justice to it that I am, I am quite content with. <laughs> I just like the fact that Mr. Feeney is approving of what they're doing, and thus it's also angering Minkus. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is the situation where there's no way out. Minkus cannot win the bet. He cannot win in class and show himself superior academically. Mm-hmm. Minkus is losing on every front here. And so it's just it's a loss on all levels for him. Yeah. But I will say if Corey and Sean would have lost this next uh, bet, Minkus would have won. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and if we're playing into actual reality, it probably should have been the situation. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So anyway, we'll keep it on. Sean and Corey get an A for the presentation. They get back to the Matthews house and Eric comes in. Let's check back in with him. I am a dating god. Worship me. Eric took the advice of the fetus and the high risk kept paying off because uh, he got a date with the prettiest girl in school by taking a big risk and waiting inside her locker. I only had to wait in there for like three periods. I mean, she came back from math and there I was, her compact bundle of love. <laughs> These must be the largest lockers in the world. Because just real quick, real quick. In one season, a season and a half, Sean and a t another girl are in the locker oh, making no. out. <laughs> Eric is able to be in the locker all by himself. A giant uh, to uh, toy, a giant like Scarecrow Corey is able to fit into a locker. <laughs> I don't know what type of lockers they had, but the lockers I had. <laughs> I didn't write down the name of the locker company, but I think we need to do some digging and find them. <laughs> like I remember, like we could stick someone small into a locker. Oh, you say we could? So you were a part of that group? No, I just know we did videos in AV, and one of the guys' idea was, "Hey, I'll get into a locker because he was small enough to do it because he was skinny." <laughs> Uh, now, so <laughs> my football locker is another story. Uh, yes, but yes, the, I, I've walked around uh, the high school here and these lockers. I, I know that perception changes from when you're in high school yourself to when you're an adult. But I do wonder if lockers used to be bigger and take up a little bit more space than they do now. But there is no way a high schooler would fit in most of these lockers. And yet. My 15-year-old would definitely fit in these lockers. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, my 15-year-old uh, uh, is like 5'3". Very, very... Eric was the compact bundle of love. My 15-year-old is my compact bundle of... <laughs> compact bundle of she's joy. Just the, she's the perfect size to get bullied. That's all it is. Uh, so they in the living room, they find a note from Amy to Alan, and Eric is inspired to write a note for his new girlfriend. Dear Pooh Bear. <laughs> so, uh, and apparently... Poetry is not Boom Boom's strong suit. <laughs> uh, but I did, uh, I did clip uh, Eric and Corey's poem here. There once was a guy in a locker. <laughs> Who just got a date. What a shocker. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Corey's come to his own realization that playing it safe has gotten him nothing. So he asked Sean to call his uncle and bet their $99 on another horse race. Hey, Sean, can you reach your Uncle Frank right now? Yeah, why? Because I have wasted the last 12 years of my life. Huh? Don't swim after you eat. Don't read in the dark. Don't stick your head in the ball return. <laughs> what are you talking about? 
I've been playing it safe all my life. And where's it gotten me? Here, in a room, with you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'm talking about risk, Sean. Big risk, big reward. Bigger risk, bigger reward. Feeny finally taught us something that we can use. Call your uncle. You want to risk our hundred bucks? I want to live! Okay, can we just go through those real quick? <laughs> don't swim after you eat. Don't read in the dark. Don't stick your head in the ball return. <laughs> um, at least one of those is a really smart thing not to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially because, like, even in the 90s, like, you know, technology wasn't always that safe, so... Uh. I have reminded my children not to stick their heads in the ball return a few times. <laughs> Wait for the ball to come out. <laughs> yeah. And can we just all agree that the whole don't swim after you eat is literally just a way to say, I just don't want you to go in the pool right now. OK, that's it. Oh, yeah. I, I've I've never used that one of my kids. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I used to when when I was growing up, we actually did have a pool in our backyard. We had. We're in the middle of nowhere, so we had nothing else, so we had a pool. <laughs> we would stay out there from morning till night. We would just eat out there in uh, in the pool. We'd, you know, sandwiches or whatever, mm -hmm. just eat in the pool or come out, hop, eat a sandwich and hop back in. You know, so I was never impacted when people would say, don't, don't, you got to take a 30-minute break. <laughs> but yeah, don't put your head in the ball right <laughs> I mean, with a rambunctious five-year-old, I fully understand saying, wait 30 minutes. I do. I really do. I understand it. Yeah. But yeah. Bigger risk. Bigger reward. Bigger risk. Bigger reward. Uh, so they put the money down, and uh, we're going to come back and hear that they are, they've put uh, money on a horse that's name starts with an N. And... <laughs> Uh, and here, here are the names because Corey gets excited, and as the race, uh, as as they're calling the race, and all of the horses in this race apparently had names that start with N. Um, <laughs> Neck flap, Nuxvamika, Nundio's dream, and remarkably, a horse called Nu. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the horse wins. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Remarkably, they win, and they end up winning $680, which to a sixth grader in 1993 would have been as, it would have, might as well have been uh, a few thousand easy. I, but honestly, like up until the point that you're making money consistently because you have to work, like that's a lot of money. All right, there's no overhead. You can just buy stuff with it. And uh, he, he makes little bets as he's counting his money. <laughs> Two to one, the phone rings again. Time's money. Get a do, receipt. Do wanna, <laughs> real quick, do you want to explain what overhead is to the young people that don't oh, yes. have to deal with money? Anyone who's listening and does not know what I meant by that overhead. Overhead would be like bills you have to pay, um, rent, uh, utilities, any expenses for like groceries. Things you need to maintain where you are and the ability to, you know, have a car and life <laughs> but basically things that your money has to go to so that you continue to live 
but yeah, so Corey is is riding high. He's making these little bets. You know, sends Sean out to get a pizza, get a receipt. This is a business expense. <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but he's supposed to. You know, this this is uh, this is the night he's that's supposed to be babysitting Morgan. You're busted. But Morgan, <laughs> however, is very unhappy. He's not been an attentive babysitter, and he's very dismissive of her concerns. But yes. Morgan being Morgan, she's uh, she wants to give him another chance. Look, I know you're new at this, so I'll cut you a break. You're supposed to entertain me! Now, I will say, uh, as a young man who babysat my sister quite a bit, uh, there is nothing like putting your sibling in front of a TV and saying, watch. Yeah, I've been there. Now, I will say, on nights in which, like, parents went out for an actual, like, date and whatnot, and we would do a special night, like, we'd go rent a movie, we'd get a pizza, or I'd make something, we'd play a game, you know. There would be times where we would do something special, but, like, mostly during, like, days, like, when school's off and, you know... I have to babysit. You know, I would sleep in as long as possible. And when my sister would come in and be like, um, I'm awake now, I'd be like, just sit here for a minute. And then she'd pass <laughs> back out. Be like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm paying for that now because my child, the moment he's awake, he's awake and he doesn't go back to sleep for <laughs> anything. So, uh, yes. But, yes. Here comes the consequences uh. of my own actions. Yes. <laughs> That's the carbon carbon yes, right there. There it is. Uh Topanga would not invest in your company. So Corey I say we get some confusion with the uh the dates, it looks like. Yes, yes. Uh we've got uh see boom boom is uh looking for Pooh Bear and apparently <laughs> they they are not at they're not meeting at the same place. Um mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, we don't know yet, but mm-hmm. uh, I believe it's Boom Boom well, I mean, they're Boom calling on their cell phones, right? Oh, no, I'm sure they called from pay phones. <laughs> you know, for anyone <laughs> who has said, like, not seen the, them. The booth next to you, I was like, oh, gosh, <laughs> that's back when restaurants had to have multiple landlines <laughs> available. Yeah, Dad just called. He's at the booth next to you. Yes, um, back for anyone who is unfamiliar with what, is, with, what, a, what a pay phone is, yes, there used to be landline phones mounted in little cubicle vestibules that you would have to pick up and put change into you could or use a calling card but put change into because you always had to carry a quarter with you or as you got older a quarter and a dime or two quarters because you know and inflation Uh but uh you would always have to carry some change with you you could call and this is what's going on here Alan is calling from one uh, payphone, and Amy's calling from another, and they're clearly, m- clearly missing each other somehow. He also gets a phone call from Sean that the baseball player Lenny Dykstra is at the pizzeria, and he's excited to go get some baseball cards signed. Yep. And we've already talked about Lenny Dykstra, but basically, if you don't remember from oh many episodes ago, <laughs> Lenny Dykstra, fam- famous baseball player, uh, he was an outfielder for the Phillies at the time. So to Corey and Sean, big deal. Mm-hmm. Very big deal. Because at this point, they do <laughs> still also, like baseball. <laughs> right. But I will also say, like, 
it does st- say to the fact that when you live near a sports town, there is a chance you may run into mm-hmm. somebody. Oh, very much so. When, okay, so Sidney Crosby, who plays for the uh, Penguins, uh, when they won the Stanley Cup, I can't remember what year it was, either 2016, 2017, or 15. Whenever they won the back-to-back, I can't remember when that was exactly, but one of those years, I remember he literally took the Stanley Cup to all of the places he regularly goes. Mm -hmm. One of those places was a pharmacy, and the person that was helping him in the pharmacy (laughs) was one of my former students because she was an intern at the time. So (laughs) she had this picture of, uh, look who visited me today, and it was a Stanley Cup and Sidney Crosby. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, there are benefits to living in a bigger city or a, even a smaller market sports town. So there you go. Uh-huh. So uh, he rushes out when Mor- Morgan locks herself in the bathroom, refuses to go with him. Um, Corey bets her a cupcake; she won't get into trouble. All in leaves. Yeah, that's going to work out. Um, Morgan, yeah. of course. Okay, we've known Morgan through, this is what, our 16th episode? So we know Morgan through 16 episodes. Morgan loves the idea of being alone and unsupervised. Uh Lisa goes down, waves goodbye to Corey, leaves the front door open, dances on the couch with her doll, throws it, knocks over a pedestal, breaks a window and a pot, does the Macaulay Culkin face, Uh (laughs) and runs away and hides. Corey arrives home to what looks like a break-in slash crime scene. Well, break-in would be a crime scene. Uh, Uh After, you know, they're happy to get their baseball card signs. He suddenly sees all this and the doll lying nearby. Can't find her house. Comes to the conclusion she's been kidnapped and runs outside to Mr. Feeney for help. Mr. Feeney. Mr. Matthews. I did a bad thing. I did a terrible thing. I thought I couldn't lose. I took a risk I never should have. Calm down, Mr. Matthews. It's... Just imaginary money. No, but it was my real baby sister. I took a chance and left her by herself. Someone broke in and kidnapped her. Morgan's in the treehouse. What? Morgan! This is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Morgan! It's okay, it's me. Too tight. Sorry. (laughs) I did a bad thing. No, you didn't. I did a bad thing. I never should have left you alone. I broke a window. Well, no one's going to know that, because I'll tell Mom and Dad that I did it. Why? Well, if I hadn't left you alone, it never would have happened. So it really is my fault. I promise. I won't let you be in trouble with Mom and Dad, okay? Okay. I hope you don't plan on going into babysitting professionally. <laughs> we haven't been in the treehouse since the pilot, have we? Uh, there have been a few episodes here or there, but nothing in particular. Probably the last time for sure was um, uh, Grandma's episode. Grandma's a Rolling Stone. Did we go in the treehouse uh-huh. well, after Corey was done baking, or was that? No, you're right. We, we're not in the treehouse, but Corey's in the treehouse. Okay. So maybe you're right. Maybe the last time we were actually in in the treehouse was because he spends half the episode in the treehouse. But anyway, before we move forward, I just want to say being an older sibling can be very complicated. And maybe it's just because I only have one younger sibling. I know I've always felt a sense of responsibility with her to protect her, to be there for her, to clean up her mistakes 
and to take the fall when I need to. And I have to say that I, I really like this moment uh, in this episode. Because overall, this has not been my favorite epi- favorite episode <laughs> ever. But, you know, I... I love the fact that they show very clearly how much Corey cares about his sister. Mm -hmm. And he acts sometimes like she's a nuisance and a problem and she's in the way. But Corey, deep down, loves his sister, wants to be there for her. And the moment he thought she was in danger was ready to just throw away whatever he needed to to get to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I as... As boneheaded and immature and genuinely sixth grader as he has been throughout the entirety of this these, this episode as he's been, uh, I really do like this this moment with Morgan that he has, and it's it's authentic to who they've who he's been through the episode to this point. He really does care for her, but also it does shine through too of who Corey becomes more like as he gets older. Mm-hmm. You know, and the efforts that he takes with his family. Indeed. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so we transition a little bit and we get Alan and Amy arriving home after clearly they did not find each other. At first, Mm -hmm. Alan's apologetic. He thinks he got the wrong restaurant. He went to Phil's Grill where he, because the clue was meet me at the place where I proposed to you. Yeah. Poor choice. Poor, poor choice. Ah, but not for why we think. He thought that he proposed to Amy at Phil's grill. And Amy realizes he did. She went to Chez Le Fleur, where uh-huh. she was proposed to, but not by another by man. Alan. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Tyler, I were just you like proposed how they both to? Tried to say- <laughs> They both tried to say at one point, like, ah, oh, can't we just get to the romantic part of the evening? Yeah. But see, this is so rare for Alan to basically get the win that would he really want to let it go? <laughs> well, I fully understand why he soaks in it, because it's not all that often that your wife is willing to say, you're right, honey. <laughs> But yeah, so Amy, uh, a- the uh, <laughs> what, what did he call her in another episode recently? We looked into the brazen hussy. You brazen hussy. Mm, she'd been <laughs> proposed to before, apparently. <laughs> no, we do not call. No. <laughs> but I yeah, I remember so. what you what you accidentally called her because it wasn't brazen. I think it was vile. Um. Yes, vile. You vile hussy. I think I was channeling Stewie Griffin and going for vile just, weed or vile woman. Like, Whoa, she is not vile. <laughs> that is not the lie. I just went for the wrong descriptor. I went for the Stewie Griffin I, descriptor. Uh, I will ask. I know we're starting to run low on time, but uh, uh, have you and Kelly ever had a miscommunication in regards to something like this? Not to this level. Um, I mean, we've had little miscommunications here and there, but they're usually about things like um, I thought I said something that was going to happen or I thought I said we were going to do something and I didn't or she thought that she told me about something and and didn't. But never to the extent where we've arranged to meet somewhere and we were, you know, 
comedically really off. <laughs> what about you guys? Yeah, no, we've never uh, accidentally decided to meet each other up somewhere and not know where we were meeting each other up at. <laughs> like, we've had it before where, like, I'm coming from work, she's coming from work, we meet somewhere specific, and then we go. Um, although we have had it where in those situations, be like, well, this is where I'm at right now. Okay, well, then let's change the location. Okay, let's change mm-hmm. to there. And then we've, <laughs> like, the one time I can think of, uh, we were going to meet up so we can go to a movie and dinner. Um, and I'm driving, and she goes, yeah, I'm at the Dollar General. Um at this in this town and i go there's no dollar general there she goes yeah there is no there's not <laughs> like i'm looking at the sign honey there's no dollar general there and then i turn and i'm looking and i go hey what do you know there's a dollar general here she goes you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's just mostly me just you know being silly um but yeah, no, I we've never had it where we're going to have a romantic get together where we meet each other and then are at two different places. Yeah, that's more a magic of TV thing. You didn't find out Sarah yeah. was proposed to, you didn't know about until the mix up, you know. Right. No, no, I I uh, knew exactly how many people proposed to her before me and that was zero, so Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Uh, but anywho. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah. So Alan and Amy. Mark uh, Braithwaite uh, proposed yes, to Mark her. Mark Braithwaite. Who's Mark Braithwaite? Sounds like a horrible, horrible man. Yeah, we're all glad that Mark Braithwaite didn't actually follow through and get to marry Amy. We wouldn't have Corey. Mm-hmm. So uh, Alan and Amy do go inside. <laughs> And uh, we get just a, a, a brief snippet here. It's all my fault. No one else is to blame except me. But don't worry, Dad. I'm going to pay for it out of my own money. Your own money? How are you going to do that? Well, I would tell you, but the yelling and screaming that would happen would only wake up my dear little sister, who, thank God, is still alive. <laughs> all of this comes to a head. Corey is going to have to come clean about the $680 he has illegally made. By the way, keep this in mind for when we get to the next week's episode, uh, good-looking people. Corey and Sean have uh, illegally gambled as minors and earned over $600, nearly seven. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, they've earned over $700 now. Yep. They have illegally, they've gained money illegally, over $700. And uh, Corey is now in between scenes going to be, have to tell Alan and Amy everything. Um, uh, and in between scenes, we find out, we, we'll get all, we, he does all that. Uh, Corey and Sean ended up be team. They are the team who made the most money in their assignment, clearly. Mr. Feeney invites them to share some tips for the rest of the class, and I could not put it any better than <laughs> than they did. Some people bet in a jockey. I say, give me a horse that can run in the mud. <laughs> oh, bravo. <laughs> Anything to add, Mr. Matthews? Yes. The greater the risk, the greater the potential profit. Just like you taught us, Mr. Finney. Yes, but sometimes the glitter of the profit makes one lose sight of the risk. And you should never gamble anything that you can't afford to lose. I didn't teach you that. No, you didn't. 
I kind of managed to trip over that one myself. But even though I don't think Mr. Feeney was quite, I'm sure he picked up on it when Corey had that diarrhea of the mouth, diarrhea of the mouth moment at the fence. But up until that moment, I don't think he was quite aware of what was really going on. But right. Well, I think that him being able to see that Corey was able to put real life application into this classroom lesson moment was a really big win for him as his teacher. Right. Well, you could argue that Feeney didn't know that Corey was supposed to be babysitting and thus Corey and her were supposed to be the house together. Mm-hmm. But I think he knew that both vehicles weren't there and thus um, Amy and Alan weren't there. Mm-hmm. So he, I, I would go on the assumption of Morgan being upset and running into the tree house. I think he was outside so he could keep an ear on her. Oh, probably. So well, that's the be. type of person Mr. Feeney is. Yeah. Yeah. And- <laughs> I, I will say to, real quick to backtrack for just a moment. I love how Amy was basically like, uh, I didn't tell you this information before because you would have responded angrily <laughs> and jealously. And then <laughs> he walks into the house and Corey goes, I would tell you more about it, but I don't want you to be yelling and screaming and wake up my sister. <laughs> Who, thank God, is still alive. <laughs> I just think maybe Alan is a little bit more of an angrier guy than we get to see. I think, yeah, I think we might get to get a little peek at some of Anger's, uh, uh, <laughs> Anger's Alan issues. Alan's anger issues as the series goes on. Uh, so with class dismissed, Sean gives Minkus a car that wishes him a happy Valentine's Day before mm-hmm. instructing him to turn around. And Corey and Sean end up pelting Minkus and Mr. Feeney with Nerf ball guns. Did you catch that Minkus like screamed? I did not. It didn't really jump out to me. Yeah, I don't know why, but on this last episode, on this last rewatch, I was watching it right. I was listening to it right beforehand. And for whatever reason, I could just hear the actor screaming like it's like (laughs) a small little squeal. For me, what it sounded like was he didn't realize that if once he turned around, he was going to get shot for whatever reason, <laughs> but it felt like a very natural little squeal of like, ah! It, it did seem like that might have been something they did not inform them was going to was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mr. Feeney pulls out some of his own, uh, probably some confiscated Nerf ball type shooting mm-hmm. toy guns from his desk. So even though their Valentine's date started rocky here in the tag, uh, Amy gets a flower from Corey. That's all that's uh, left from the money from uh, fixing everything else up and a bouquet from Alan. He's glad that even though Amy was proposed to twice, she said yes to his proposal and they make up for Valentine's day by making out on the couch. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, uh, if we want to get into the deep dives for this episode, because I realize that I've not done any of the deep dives through this. So if you right. want to hit my music. <laughs> Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? Hit me. All right. So the deep dives for this episode. Maybe we should start do this at the end of the episode now. Who's to say? <laughs> We're still making this stuff up as we go. So real quick, uh, Lenny Dykstra baseball card, uh, rookie edition. Uh, I found on eBay for uh, varying uh, prices from 
$7.99 to $149.95. The problem is, is that like when you look up like prices for like baseball cards or any of those type of things, things that there's like a lot of different versions out there. So much comes down to condition. So much comes down to is it actually signed? And that's all part of the problem is like I saw like some of them going for just a few cents and some of them going through for a lot of money, like closer to like 150, something like that. The better you take care of the card, the better you can sell it for. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Yes, Corey and Sean could make money off of those cards if they immediately took really good care of it and separated them and didn't do anything with them. Knowing them, however, they probably messed around with them, showed them off, and ruined them. Well, probably. Right. For when it comes to potentially buying a new door or just the glass to replace said door and the vase, it's very possible for Corey to be able to do it, even if he has to replace one of the doors. You know, for th- the 300 bucks that it would cost for all those things to be replaced, it's very very reasonable. Oh, yeah. I was just like doing some quick math with um, Lowe's.com. So yes, <laughs> it's possible. Roses. That's the big one. You can trace back roses to Central Asia. It mentioned that it goes back millions of years, but I don't trust anything that says millions of years because we don't know. All we know is it's been in there for a very long time. <laughs> it's been mentioned in Greek mythology as a symbol of love, and that's the big reason that we use them. Lemur. But in ancient Rome, people would use them like uh, they would paint roses in their house, like on their ceilings. And that was a symbol of saying, hey, what happens here stays here. So that was the earliest the earliest appearance of the Vegas advertising slogan. <laughs> I mean, Rome was kind of a crazy uh, place. <laughs> yes, good-looking people, do your own research on Rome. We're not going to get into it here. That pushes us way past the family-friendly rating. Let's get to the nick-nick. <laughs> <laughs> that would go beyond even the nick-nick cut, I'm sure. <laughs> The different colors, a lot of people already know this, but let's just cover this anyway. Red is a symbol for uh, love and passion. Mm -hmm. Yellow is a symbol of uh, friendship. Orange is a symbol of desire. Pink is uh, gratitude. And apparently the reason that we give 12 roses is because of 12 months in the year. Apparently there's a rose for every single month of the year. Personally, I just feel it's a way for, you know, flower shops to make more money. It's big flower taking over. You know, I'll just also say that one of the big reasons that people give roses is because we've been told and conditioned that's what you do for Valentine's Day. (laughs) And I primarily don't give just straight up roses to my wife um, because even though she likes roses, she also likes a bunch of other different flowers. So I always do like an like a odd arrangement. And we've even gotten to the point now where like my son will pick out flowers and that he thinks they're are pretty, you know, to give to her. So just always trying to give her a bunch of different stuff. I would be willing to give all of these colors to my wife in one big bouquet because all of these things are truthful in our relationship. You know, mm-hmm. she's my best friend. We have love and passion, uh, but I also have a lot of gratitude for her. And also I desire her. Okay. I do get off my back. <laughs> I should hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't have deep dives on whether or not the Phillies actually slept Montreal, although it wouldn't surprise me if that would happen. And I don't have anything on the restaurants, if those are real or not, because 
I didn't think about that until we started talking, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a deep dive section in Patreon where I go back through and redo all the deep dives I've missed. <laughs> that's right. Good looking people. If you want a Patreon, that's exactly what Tyler will do. <laughs> back through every episode, deep diving everything that we missed. So, Tyler. I agree with you, Mr. Matthews. That's not like you. In fact, you brought me to today's assignment. That's like you. What did you learn from this episode? I think one of the biggest things I learned, um, the corniest thing for me to say is that you got to be careful what risk you take because that's the whole point of the episode. I would go more to, for me, in, and I know I think I've said this before, what I've learned, but communication is such the key of all things. Um, you know, Amy and Alan are trying to communicate through little cute cards, which is adorable. But I know for me, unless you say this is where I want you at this time, <laughs> I I got nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just, you know, making sure everybody knows what page that we're on and, and making sure my wife knows what my intentions are um, is always a key. And also making sure that Valentine's Day is treated with the respect it it, it deserves. None? <laughs> Mostly <laughs> just of what, like, it gives you an excuse to have a date um, and treat my wife good for another day. Uh, yeah, I just messed with you. <laughs> I know. What'd you learn, Brett? Well, um, I don't know if our readers could, uh, could tell from... Readers? Our readers, I meant listeners. <laughs> I'm tired the good tonight. Good looking people. <laughs> our good looking listeners. Uh, I don't know if our good looking listeners could tell throughout, but um, this is not one of my favorite episodes either. But uh, my lessons were not very deep. Be open with your spouse about your romantic past. Oh, and don't leave your baby sister home alone. And don't gamble as a minor. <laughs> but I mean, I will say the overarching plot of the episode is, yes, you can risk, but there's things you should not risk. Mm -hmm. And the safety of people you love is something you don't risk. Yes, I would say that is a good, solid lesson. So, uh, Tyler. Miss Owens, excellent. Mr. Baker, very nice. Mr. Matthews. Well, there it is. What would you grade Risky Business? I would give it a, well, that, that, that is what it is. <laughs> but on the letter scale, what would you give risky business? Uh, I'll go with a flat C. Like this is one of my least favorite episodes, but for whatever reason, while we were talking about it and we were re going through the clip of Corey and uh, his sister, just something was tugging at my heartstrings. And I don't know if it's cause I was spending time with my sister this weekend or not, but just, you know, you pull at the big brother of the little sister, it's always going to hit me. So I'll go with a C because I love my baby sister. <laughs> yeah, I uh, there are a few bright moments that uh, that give this episode some sparks, but I, um, I actually bumped it up a slight. I gave it a plus as we were talking here, but this episode's a D plus for me. Wow. Yeah, it's there's just so much in it that 
I have to stretch so much suspension of disbelief to see Sean and Corey make so much money on two bets to be able to do that, to forcibly tie it into a bet they made at school on a project, to tie it into really inattentive parents and a a babysitting fiasco gone wrong. It's just a lot of stuff just didn't gel for me. But there was less Minkus this episode. We could always well, deal see, with less Minkus, Minkus getting his comeuppance is one of the few things that kept it outside of a D minus. I know, but <laughs> there wasn't Minkus throughout the whole episode, and it was great. Well, before we uh, <laughs> before we uh, roll away on uh, and call curtains on uh, risky business, I have a dad joke for you. Hit me. And uh, it, it, it ties into the theme of the episode. A gambler walks into a butcher shop and says to the assistant behind the counter, I bet you $100 you can't get that meat down from the top shelf without a ladder. The assistant looks up, turns to the gambler and replies, I'm afraid I can't take that bet, sir. The stakes are too high. <laughs> Very nice. Very and with nice that... Indeed. Good looking people. We're going to call it an episode. So don't yes, forget. Let's, <laughs> let's call it an you episode. Can find, <laughs> you can find Dad's Meat World online. You can find us on socials uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, as long as it's around at Dad's Meat World, even on YouTube. If you don't listen to us, watch us on YouTube. Tyler, yeah. where can we uh, stalk you online and become your little compact bundles of love stalkers? Well, as, as long as the app is still out there, I'm on Twitter at Tyler Volk. So, you know, if it's not a giant uh, fire escape like I think it may be, I'll still be there. <laughs> but, uh, Hey, send us your emails. I want your questions. I want to read them. I want some reviews. I'm I'm calling you out, good-looking people. I want we want to hear from you. We do. We want some reviews. We want some listener questions. We want to do a whole mailbag episode with stuff from you guys to talk yeah. about. Let it happen yeah. before we get to the season finale. We got some uh, we got some special guests we're lining up for before the season wraps out. So, uh, Tyler, until next week. I'll see you, good looking. To you, good looking. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. does in in wow i hit my mic again <laughs> it, and, and then our kids found out like, about the wow, uh, Bills, thanksgiving you're so parade awesome about three o'clock Barely. in the afternoon oh and i'm gonna vamp for Sorry, a moment i just realized we were just talking over each other i think the connection phone connection is gone and it's just me i can I still can see, see half your face can you hear Blurry. me? <laughs> Can you hear me? 
live right here. I can hear. I can hear garbled you. There, you're getting a little bit clear. <laughs> it's definitely getting cut out. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. I read. I wrote something in my notes. I was like, "Why did I write that? I, this doesn't make grammatical sense." But uh, release the nick nick cut. <laughs>